Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the I Can Do This All Day podcast. I'm Mark, uh, part-time Jedi, and that's Dan, our resident Avenger. And today, kids, we somebody talked me in to re-watching their favorite movie from youth. And I think, ladies and gentlemen, or lady, or one or two people that watch this podcast, um, this will be a very telling podcast about somebody's youth and, and, and what has shaped them into adulthood. Because today we review the 1984 cult classic, The Terminator. I'm sorry in advance if you decided to rewatch this movie before viewing this podcast. Dan, can you tell the people why we did this? So the reason why is because that movie's awesome. Mark, you are in the minority in this. So just for a few different facts about The Terminator, it's widely regarded as the best Terminator movie, um, with the exception of Terminator 2. Um, but at the just same time, time if you have to say with the exception of, that makes your statement erroneous. I'll give you something erroneous. Your commentary on this movie. So, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I was actually pretty shocked when I saw that. I mean, I, you have to admit, too, like, that's freaking bonkers. I admit that that's why I don't prescribe to Rotten Tomatoes at all. Bullshit. I- it's not the end-all be-all for all movie knowledge, and, and nor do I think that just because it has a high score, uh, it's a good movie. But um, yeah, I, that was just a shocking fact to me. But the reason why is we have gone into Marvel. We've gone into DC on this podcast. Um, we've gone into Ghostbusters. So we've kind of covered a lot of the spectrum of like the geek, nerd culture, movie phenomenon. But Something was missing, and that would be a little bit more sci-fi. We've done a little bit of sci-fi fantasy with Star Wars, but now we're into almost a genre-bending movie with the Terminator with sci-fi horror. And that is the reason why. Um, And I thought everyone loved Terminator, so I figured this would just be some good conversation. Apparently, It'll be good conversation, but not everybody loved Terminator. I, re- I genuinely think that you are in the minority on this one. I'm I, not going to bash you. I will listen. Yeah. And I, I'll be baffled because when you... So as we were prepping for this podcast, uh, I texted Mark just like, hey, are we still on for tonight? And he said, I forgot how much... I can't remember what exactly he said. I can't believe how much this movie was like hot garbage or whatever it was. And so I was like, what the hell are you talking about? So Mark's looking up the text right now. Mark, what did you say? All I said was, I forgot how bad this movie is. And Dan's response was, what? How dare you? And I said, you complain about Iron Man. This is hot garbage. That's where that was. So, I complain about Iron Man because I think it's held too high on the totem pole. I don't dislike Iron Man. I just think that other movies are better. So for this, in terms of Terminator, 
it is a solid freaking movie. But hey, before we get into us kind of debating back and forth, let's just talk about the movie and we're going to go over a little bit of structure. But why don't you tell me, almost like your Terminator movie origin, as to when you first saw this movie? I don't remember when I first saw this movie. I know I've watched it a few times. I can't remember the last time I watched it beginning to end other than today. And much like movies in the, in the early nineties and eighties, you caught it in some places and maybe you watched it and maybe you didn't. This wasn't a, maybe I watched the whole thing kind of thing. If it was in the third act, I'd watch it when the good stuff happens, like the, the, the okay stuff happens. But I was introduced to the Terminator franchise in general with Terminator 2. Okay. Which is a far superior Terminator movie. And thusly, in my head, I'm like, Terminator movies are awesome. Because all I had was that Terminator I've seen it a million times. It was on cable every five minutes. Like, I watched the shit out of that movie. Watched the shit out of it with Butnick and 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 Arnold on the chopper and all that. Like, it was a great movie. And I did pick up on all the fan service that they did in T2 from T1. A lot of the, a lot of the copied lines. Apparently, the writer's not super original. But there are also some shared characters. They brought back the the shrink. You know, they brought back um, some of the motifs, like the copying of the voice and things. Like, you know, there were some cool things there, but the rest of it was not nearly as good. And that is where I'm at right now after having spent the hour and 45 to watch this movie and being like, God, this moves like a like a 70s movie it's so slow Hmm. interesting all right so i actually saw this when my best guess is probably about seven years old and it was on a vhs tape and my uncles we we watched it over with my, my dad and my two uncles we watched it and i was like this is a badass movie and like just action like really cool and i'm seven Okay, so I'm seven years old. Um, We, of course, ended up doing the whole VHS bootleg copy of the other VHS tape. And it became a a solid rotational movie for me. I I remember specifically, I'd come home from school, heat up some ramen noodles, and watch Terminator as I played with my G.I. Joes and reenacted the Terminator scenes. but yeah, so seven years old, and it kind of just stuck with me throughout the rest of my life. And of course, I was a, a big fan of Terminator 2 as well, too. But um, I am a big Terminator franchise fan. Uh, yes, some of the movies are not so great, but I still watch them, and I have watched them repeatedly, just because I like the story, I like the nostalgia, and um, a lot of them have some pretty good action. But Going back to the original Terminator, and that's what a majority of this episode is about, just the original 1984 Terminator. Um, so childhood impressions, Mark. So how, how old were you when you saw the first one? 
I, w- I saw the first one after I saw the second one. So I had to be at least like 11 or 12. Okay. So I can totally understand as to why you might not be down with that because Terminator 2 is just heart pounding, nonstop, almost nonstop action. Um, good acting. But I can see that in comparison to where you would think that, oh, this one, not so great. Because it's it, it ages, right? It's definitely an 80s movie. And but I you know, love eighties movies. Like I am a fervent defender of eighties movies. Yeah, man. And there but are this movies isn't... that came out in eighty four that are way tighter and better than this. I know it was made on a shoestring budget of six point four million dollars, um, which is not not a lot of money. Um, but you know, compared to say Gremlins, which had an eleven million dollar budget, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh wait, that had a one point eight million dollar budget and was way tighter than this movie. No, it wasn't. <clears throat> no, it wasn't. You're talking <clears throat> about campiness compared to sci-fi horror. But anyways, go ahead. Sorry, I'm just I'm gonna call it like I see it. No, I'm I'm just looking at so so when I look at this movie, I just look at, at I, I I was like when I sat in my head and was like, what is this movie this bad? What else came out this year? What else? And you know, the, the things that jumped out to me that came out the same year: Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Splash, The Karate Kid, um. The other Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, three Schwarzenegger movies came out that year. Um, Red Dawn and the second Conan movie. Red um, Sonia, you mean? No, Red Dawn, the one where he played a, a cop in... Red Heat. Red Heat, okay, yes. Red Dawn is Patrick Swayze, RIP, where <clears throat> the Russians took over. That's oh, okay, is that one? I thought that was something else. Either way, yeah, that one. Um, and, and the second Conan came out. Um, another low budget movie that came out that year. Um, it's not as good as, as Terminator, but, uh, if you remember the toxic Avenger came out in 1984 and the funny thing is the face scene in Terminator with the obvious prosthetic, weird droopy plastic face reminded me of the toxic Avenger and they made the toxic Avenger for 500,000. And you could tell because it was bad. Trauma movies are all low budget and they're (laughs) known for, you know, Mm -hmm. it's campiness. And uh, fun fact, uh, the guys from South Park did a trauma movie, uh, Cannibal the Musical. And um, it's pretty funny, pretty funny. So if you ever, it probably doesn't age that well, but feel free to check it out. It's just funny if you like the South Park guys. But um, so overall, like, you know, when you're, when you're a kid, 11 years old, 12 years old, I was seven when, when I watched this movie. Did you understand, like, the, the severity of the situations? Were you, like, creeped out, scared at all? Were you, like, on the edge of your seat for any point of this? No. No. Like, even... <clears throat> even when the truck blew up, and they show it burning and they still show its head moving. And she's just, 
casually walking past the truck. The moron from the future knew that fire wouldn't stop the damn Terminator. Like, he set them on fire. What the F, Kyle? He threw a pipe bomb in there, man. There's a good chance that it could have. He threw a pipe bomb in the back end of the truck. That wasn't like a whoosh tube that goes directly to the cab. We're not in the mail room. It was in the way back. All right. So first of all, I got to stop you there because he didn't see the Terminator jump out of the cab and then fall on the ground. If he did, he probably would have known. But he was in the dumpster when that happened. Which made no sense. You jump in the dumpster and the car keeps driving. The car's driving away. You're going to be okay, Kyle. Dude, it's a freaking tanker and it's going to blow up and it's not that far. It had like what? Like a 10 second fuse. In some cases, you need to be like a hundred some feet away for explosion. Linda Hamilton was exposed, but Kyle was the one who had to stop, drop and roll when he jumped out of the dumpster. Out of the dumpster, into the fire. Kyle. Kyle's my big problem with this whole movie. He's basically a stalker. So let's talk about that. Kyle's just stalking out some tank. Let's let's talk about that. So, um, <laughs> all right. So you were a Terminator Two fan. Um, wasn't scary to you or anything like that. Uh, so Terminator, just not. You just lumped it together with the idea of Terminator, correct? The special effects in Terminator Two were far superior, and I get it. Bigger budget, yada yada yada. But like, you couldn't even put the guy in menacing clothes to start. If the viewers have not figured out why my background is 80s sprinkles, it's because that's the shirt they put Arnold in to start the movie. 80s sprinkle. You know what he looks like? He looks like an extra from Born on the Fourth of July. He looks like a sad war veteran, not an intimidating machine. So, sorry, you didn't think he was an intimidating machine when he shoved his arm into a guy and then proceeded to murder his friends in his first scene. I think, I think that we all know that he should have killed Bill Paxton for that horrible hair and fake as hell tooth gap. Oh man. I love that little cameo with him in it. Just so good. I, I mean, you go from alien to this. Come on, Bill Paxton. No, he wasn't. Right, he Pete. wasn't. Was he in he, aliens? He was in aliens. So this okay. was after. So this is where him and Cameron so hooked up. After he, that, they put him in aliens. What he thought James Cameron man, sucks. That guy with the blue mohawk has some skill. It hey, wasn't a wanna... mohawk. It was like twisty spikes. It was oh, the it was, weirdest it was. thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was like they. It was like the, the, they. The, we all we got is some uh, some hair gel from the Warriors. You want that? I mean, you don't remember the 80s and like the punk scene to where that's like what they looked like. And that that's what they were, you know, constantly um, portrayed as in movies like you saw. What's it called? The um, Police Academy also came out in 1984. A much better movie. No, but OK, <laughs> um, <laughs> much better paced movie. Also I had mean, much better music, but we'll get there. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. All right. So let's go into time travel. 
All right. Um, do you buy the whole uh, time travel element in this movie? So I, I want to do a precursor to this because there has been a lot of debate about time theory, time travel. And uh, this is one of those movies that's always in contention about it because there really is no, um, there's no way to really have free choice in this. Things are going to happen. It's, I think they were actually referred to it as the Terminator paradox because no matter what you do, it's still going to continue to happen. The person who was sent back from the future is going to die then John Connor becomes born and then he sends back his dad again to do the same exact thing. And it's one big circular loop of time. So did you think about that at all? Or did it bother you? Yeah. I, I, I was annoyed that it was antithetical to every single time travel movie ever. The two movies before this that may have had time travel. Yeah, it's true. Back to the Future came out in 1985, didn't it? May, I think there might have been one, maybe maybe even one movie about time. I, I don't know. I don't know all of it. There might be some sci-fi movies out there. Um, but, that, I mean, I think you're picking on it because it's an older movie. I, I'm picking on it because it, it completely ignores the butter, butterfly effect. Yeah. That's, that's the which is perfectly fine. So you, you do not necessarily uh, dig this type of time travel. No. And Jules Verne would have disliked this kind of time travel as well. I'm sure if uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is sitting around listening to this, he probably would think the same thing as well. But um, yeah, so I, I actually thought, you know, this was obviously before I saw uh, Back to the Future. I think Back to the Future did it the best out of like every single movie that probably did it the best. Um, I never watched Butterfly Effect. I was never an Ashton Kutcher fan, but I heard that's very good for the concept of time travel. But when it comes to Terminator, I just thought, because that's the only one that I had seen. Oh yeah. Time travel. Cool. That's awesome. But yeah. So there was, there was another time travel movie that did have, a similar haphazard approach to time travel. And it was Bill and Ted. Because if you but brought that people... wasn't before Terminator, was it? No, but it's another movie that that had a haphazard look at time travel. Yeah, but different movie comedy compared to sci-fi horror. <laughs> Once again, genre bending and completely different. So like we're I don't know, man. To say that Bill and Ted is equivalent to Terminator, or even better or worse than Terminator, is a little bit unfair to to both movies because they're it's apples and oranges. Yeah, I re- I remember like maybe seeing two other movies that had that, but I mean, I think they've kind of toyed around with that as well too in the other movies. But um, yeah, it's it's part of that terminator paradox of like it doesn't matter what you do things are going to happen regardless and they even talk about that a little bit in the third movie uh t3 i can't remember what it was is called. that the one that they completely retconned because it was terrible uh i mean they retcons a couple of them so i mean they didn't retcon one or two 
I know. I'm just saying they retcon like every other one. So yeah, everything buddy. after those two was basically retconned or something, or, or branched off of one and two and omitted the other ones in between. But um, all right. So let's let's talk about what really drives the story, and that is the characters. So the innocent waitress scooter driving Sarah Connor. Uh, what did you think of Linda driving? Hamilton? Love the scooter driving portion. Linda Hamilton was like a B-level 80s actress when you put her in the part of anything else. But towards the end of this movie, you got the only version of Linda Hamilton that I think is worth a spit. And that's the angry, packing, just... I'm ready to shoot things, Linda Hamilton. Did you like her as a character? Did you feel bad for her or worry for her or anything like that? I liked her more. I mean, I liked her character in Terminator 2, so I was already like in on Linda Hamilton. Um, I, I, I think she makes bad choices by sleeping with strange men from the future and has a very strange roommate who keeps banging creepy slider but you know i mean i I didn't have a problem with sarah connor the character i thought that you know i could see why she's a loony in in terminator 2 so speaking of strange men uh kyle reese who was sent back in time to protect her um yeah so let's let's get that right off the table so uh Sarah Connor is a little bit of a dirty bird because she decided to just full on have sex with a guy that has not showered in probably years with poor virgin Kyle (laughs) with poor virgin Kyle. Yeah, no poor virgin Kyle. I was expecting the sex scene from scary movie. Like what is going on? And, and I was, I, I watched the end of this movie with my wife and she commented on their weird, undoable not body flexible hand holding during this like what weird hand like how can you hold hands this way when you're on that and it just didn't line up man it didn't line up none of it lined up none of it and it was probably pretty stinky yeah that's i I would say the stinky part is just the the hand holding dude i mean i've there's so many different ways that people could go ahead and do it. I'm not going to judge. Oh, Karma Sutra Danny. I get it. I I do want to add one thing though, when it comes to the time travel, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I'm not going to talk about other movies like time bandits that came out before this. What I want to talk about is the, 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 the lack of survivability of this highly electrically generated time travel. I know he had burns on his back, but I don't understand how the the voltage of that wouldn't mess up like your your heart or something like that. Like it doesn't make a ton of sense. Cause there was no protecting him from it. He went in butt naked. Or does it dissolve your clothes? We never are clear on that, except that they just wanted to show Arnold's butt a lot. No, he does. They do address that Um, when he's being interrogated. He says, 
nothing dead can go. So they have to go through naked. But the reason why the Terminator can go through is because he's covered by living tissue. But yeah. So, and, and here's the thing, like that, the whole electric um, burns, we don't know if that happens because of the time travel or if that was all just pre, you know, just his uh, future war ravaged body. So Terminator, we're, we're talking about the movie. What about Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator as a character? No complaints. No, no, not even any praises. Nothing. It was good for him in the eighties because he didn't have to talk, and he could just say a few cuss words that he had learned, and he could move forward. So I watched. Have you watched any like the documentaries or like uh, featurettes? Um... This movie, I'm gonna say no. Okay. So there's a few um, interviews a little bit later on. It may have been like the 10th anniversary of Terminator 2 or something. And, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is talking about how him and James Cameron were talking. So uh, fun fact for those who don't know, he was actually originally going for the role of Reese, Kyle Reese. And after having lunch with James Cameron, he was just talking about how the Terminator should act like he was he had the role of Reese but he was talking about the Terminator and so afterwards him and Cameron were talking about how um you know I don't think actually Arnold may have said like I don't think that Reese is going to be the the part for me and so then Cameron talked him into playing the Terminator and so he he did like these little little uh, nuances and uh, mannerisms throughout the movie to be more like a machine. So like, I, I don't know if you, you would pick this up yourself when you were watching it, when he gets to Los Angeles, 1984, his body as he's turning, like he moves his eyes first and then his head turns. So that's kind of like a, a little Arnold Schwarzenegger method uh, to being like a machine because it's almost like a, a surveillance camera but anyways i think there's little things like that that should be appreciated because yeah he was trying to make the best of his character and those little things you know that type of stuff matters i appreciate arnold's robotic acting in all of his 80s movies yeah but this time he was actually trying to be you never forgot organism. how to try, that's for sure. Let me ask you about the horror aspect of the Terminator. Um, so him as a character, at any point did you think, like, holy shit, this guy's a freaking badass, or like, oh my god, I would not want to mess with Terminators or have these in, in the future or anything like that? You mean Michael Myers from the future? That, that thing, the, 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 the impressive thing about Michael Myers from the future is his encyclopedic knowledge of guns. That was a Terminator. It was, it was a really great scene. And then he iced the dude, which was by the way, the dad from gremlins. It was, I'm like, this is why the dad from gremlins is so fucked up. And then I saw him get shot. I was like, Nope, that's not him anymore. It must be his brother. 
and his brother is really upset because his twin brother got shot by the Terminator or Michael Myers from the future. Um, the, the character was what the character was. I enjoy the, the glibness. It took an hour for me to get, I'll be back or any good catchphrases. I think Kyle said, come with me if you want to live, which pissed me off because in Terminator 2, it's funny when Arnold says that it's supposed to be a callback, but there's no way the Terminator heard that unless Kyle and, and, and John programmed him to say it later, right. like told him about that, which could have happened, I guess. Right. But um, I mean, that would be general, a movie I would want to see like what? them capturing that Terminator. And yeah, then sending him back. That would be badass. No, it absolutely would. It would be much better than this movie. Um, but again, like I was watching it and just watching the Terminator's consistent pursuit was basically what would happen if Michael Myers had a driver's license and didn't murder when he was a child? What if Michael Myers went through driver's ed in basic training? He survived fire. He survived getting shot in the eye. All of this was basically the Halloween movies, but sci-fi. Yeah, but it was also done better because Michael Myers is such bullshit that he can survive all that stuff. And so for anyone who saw, um, what is the recent, most recent one? Is it Halloween Kills? Whatever the most recent Halloween. I don't know, man. man. I, I gave up after two. It's, it's, it was entertaining. And, and Jamie Lee Curtis is still uh, a very, you know, very imposing screen presence. And I, I liked her acting in it. But, oh, my God, they turn Michael Myers into the Terminator, which nothing can stop the guy. Absolutely horrible. At least here in the Terminator, nothing can stop the guy because he's a cyborg and he's like a heavy duty badass. So it made sense. I have no problem with it. By saying he's like Michael Myers, like, no, Michael Myers sucks. Michael Myers wishes he could be the Terminator. M Michael Myers was the, the Terminator. He, the Halloween came first. The whole slow chase and, and relentless to catch came from Michael Myers. It's, it wasn't a slow, relentless chase. It was a fast-paced, relentless chase. I don't know how fast it was. I mean, the little... guy was okay, dude, come on. You got to stop this. He chased after them. He ran after them while they were driving a car. He was in a high speed chase with them. He didn't run after him. He stopped and went to her. He ran mountain estate and killed her mama. He ran after them. And then Kyle blew up a gas tank in one of the cars and singed his eyebrows and gave him the sweet haircut which somehow turned into his haircut for all of his uh, subsequent movies after that. But, but no, man, like, oh, don't talk about Kyle and dying because Kyle on death looked like Harvey Dent. I was he like, looks two face. He looks weird. What's going on here? Is this a Batman yeah. movie? I don't even know what's going on. So <clears throat> speaking of like both um, Kyle and the, the Terminator. So there's one character that just thought all this was bullshit. And that was uh, Dr. Silberman, who reprised his role in, in quite a few uh, Terminators. And, and also the character was reprised in Sarah Connor, um, 
the Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles as well too. But um, gosh, that is it. Earl Bowen is the uh, actor, and he is just a phenomenal prick of a guy, and he is just you know his utter disregard, almost just obnoxiousness and self-righteousness and like you know he, he yawns as he's like hmm, psychiatrist you know it's like yeah asshole yeah you don't have to brag about how smart you are that you're a psychiatrist but he was such a good character and you know it's it's one of those things him and lance henriksen i i really appreciate um, their back and forth with talking about you know like how crazy these guys are and everything so um what did you think about him as a character, the psychiatrist, Earl Bowen and uh, Dr. Silverman? I thought it was highly convenient that he dropped something and turned right and then walked out the door when the Terminator came in. Um, it, it was it was definitely convenient for him. I, you know, I thought he was self-serving um, as he as he should be, you know, but uh, I liked him in Terminator, too. Like it was, a, it was a fun character for me. It's it's funny that you mentioned that though, because it didn't, it wouldn't have mattered if he saw him. No, not at all, because he didn't know what he looked like. Yeah, and and it's not like the Terminator would have cared who the hell he was. So it's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, like why did they even have that as a a point of contention? I, I guess like maybe they had like pictures or something or whatever. But um, yeah, very interesting. What about um? Lance Henriksen, uh, who's been in every movie from the 80s and 90s, uh, early 2000s. But Lance Henriksen is, I can't remember what his character's name was, but... He's a detective. Detective Vukovic. Never heard the name, but... Yeah. Hal Vukovic. Much like uh, Jeff Vukovic, who sells nationwide insurance on every Cubs game I've ever watched on TV. Or listen to on the radio. He was in some pretty good movies. I mean, he was Bishop in Aliens. He was in Hard Target, the Van Damme, you know, high quality film. He was in The Quick and the Dead. I mean, he's he's definitely a pretty pretty popular. I don't know how he survived though. Like he got shot just like everybody else. I don't think he survived. Well, that could be true. Bishop I mean, I survives think... an alien. Then maybe not this one. Do you know he was in um, one of uh, uh, James Cameron's first movies, Piranha Two: The Spawning. Never heard of the movie. I've never watched any other pre-Terminator James Cameron movies. Mm-hmm. There weren't many. There weren't yeah, many. Just like two. I think this right? is like his third movie. Yeah, yeah. But so... the Piranha movies did get rebooted eventually, uh, more recently. And oh, they so are that hilarious. that is related sort of i mean piranha 3d yeah yeah is it so is that piranha 3d like the third piranha movie no they redid the first piranha and it's not really like i don't think it's directly related but let me imdb it really quick while we're talking about that too, so um, him and his lieutenant uh, Ed Trexler, played by Paul Winfield, uh, they had a very interesting cop cop good cop bad cop dynamic where 
uh, Lance Henriksen's character is kind of just the the smart ass type of cop and, and Traxler's the the more responsible one and uh, you know they're going after Sarah Connor to make sure that she's safe and it's not until she calls them that oh Sarah Connor okay we better protect you because two other Sarah Connors got executed tonight so let's where are you at and so that they they send a car after her which never ends up showing up and that that's kind of uh, unfortunate for the LAPD but you know who did show up 1L19 after Arnold gets his eyebrows singed uh, 1L19 radios it in and then Arnold's just throws his bitch ass onto the concrete and steals his car that's if I ever you mean the tiniest policeman ever yeah yeah um, I'm pretty sure that he was like in another one of Cameron's movies like he just keeps on showing up but I, I could be wrong on that but what about the other we talked about Bill Paxton so the other rando characters what about the the tech noir 80s club goers what it well let's not talk about the 80s club goers let's talk about the lamest ass weirdest bar setup you ever did see that was the brightest bar I've ever seen did ever you go to the bars in the 80s Dude, bars are bars are bars. I've been to bars that have been open well since the 80s, and bars are more lighted at closing time than they were in the middle of that. And to have a payphone on a concrete column makes no sense because it's Why? a load-bearing column. You're not going to run wire through it. Almost <clears throat> all payphones I've ever seen are up against like a, a concrete column. They're in they're in a phone booth, so you can hear yourself over the club. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think you're <laughs> you're nitpicking on this. The, the one there is one thing I do want to back up and mention. The one high point of um of of Kyle for me, at least, and I wrote this in my notes, and I totally missed what we were talking about. So I'm sorry to backtrack on you, but he did prepare for all the running that he was going to do because he stole an old lady trench coat and a very fresh pair of air force one high tops. Those Nikes were pretty damn sweet. I think everyone wanted them. There was some, that. there was some dark blue with the, with the white bottom and like a silver check with a silver strap. I was, I was on those air force ones. Nelly sang a song about them. So I don't, they weren't technically Air Force Ones. but They absolutely were Air Force Ones. Are you sure? Don't, I, I might call your bullshit on this one. I don't think they were. I don't, I think Air Force Ones were like 1988-ish. They were Nike Vandal Highs, which look very similar to Air Force Ones, except the Vandals are, um, are not leather. They're made of um, rubber, canvas, canvas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They wear canvas shoes. Yeah, but they have released the Nike Vandal High Terminators since. Ask me how much they go for in size eleven on StockX right now. How much do they go for in size eleven on StockX right now? Eleven thousand seven hundred and four dollars. Holy shit. <laughs> 
if you're a That's size awesome. 10, they're only 2,400 bucks. If you go to eBay for a size six, cause you have little tiny baby feet, they're 1200, but My God. <clears throat> yep. They did come up and Oh, apparently Kanye wore them recently, which makes me hate them. Um, but yeah, no, that is a re-release shoe, much like the Back to the Future uh, shoes, but not nearly as expensive as a pair of those. But yeah, just so you know, and you know what, I, I promise I will make a commitment to you from now until the end of the time I check sneaker releases. If I see the Nike Vandal highs coming out in this colorway or a similar colorway, I'll make sure to alert you so you can get in the queue on, on launch day. Thing. If anybody um, wants to advertise on this podcast, I can commit that the first couple hundred dollars we receive in ad volume will go to get Danny a nice pair of sneakers that he could be proud of. I have some cool, I'm an, I'm an Adidas guy. So Adidas holler at your boy. Um, I, <laughs> I love myself uh, some Adidas. So um my son just is rocking some uh, some Hulk uh, Stan Smiths that are oh, pretty sweet. Cool. They nice. say it ain't easy being green on the back. I figured you'd like those. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Um, for for all those who can't see our shoes, I I actually have a pair of Captain America, almost like Converse style shoes, and they got the little shield on them. It's pretty sweet. But anyways. We digress. Today's uh, full of randomness on the the Terminator episode, but um, let's talk a little bit about the music. So you alluded to it earlier that you weren't a fan of the music, huh? Ew. Ew to the music. Like, how, how, why? Why, why was it so bad? Mm. Why, what was bad about it to you? It sounded like something that I could have put together with like like a Tycho Hot Licks guitar. Do you remember do you remember the synth guitar that Tycho put out that just had buttons on it? Let oh, me give you a nice again. little reminder mark. Oh when I was younger, I didn't <clears> have that many toys. Oh man. It, it seemed like somebody got a keyboard for their birthday and was really excited about it, but really didn't understand much about music. And it wasn't like a full keyboard. It was like it had two octaves on it and some it was like they were they were trying something, something strange. Dude, I and here, let me give you the reason why again, why this music was like, what the F is this? Because you go to Terminator 2 and you get da-dum, dum, da-dum. Da-dum, dum, da-dum. Which was not present once in this movie. Until the very end. What? I, it I plays it. in the opening credits. Oh, then why did they use it more? They played very similar themes throughout it because it Oh man, mm. I have a feeling that like you just did not watch this. You like you checked out when you heard like a synth sound, and then you're just like, "Fuck this movie, I'm out of here." The music didn't get me, and I tried. So, I was like, "Maybe it'll get better." 
Maybe they'll do something cool with the synth. Maybe they'll do. I, I am not a. I am not anti guitarist. I'm not anti synth. I just didn't think that if you compare to how they used it in Terminator Two, it was just is is like they hired a professional musician for the second movie because they had money to. I guess. It's so interesting that you say that though, because like, yeah. So it's it's an it's eighty synth all across the board, and you know th- they didn't have a lot of money. Um, they went with Brad Fidel, who who did uh, I believe a majority of the music. Don't know who he is, uh, Brad Fidel. If you're listening, um, hey come be a guest on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you, but um, no, Brad Fidel, you got better with time. You got so much better with time. Cause if we look at your, your, your IMDB, you went, you know, from Tucker's witch and, and whatever Terminator to fright night, which was better. Then you went to Terminator two. Then you went, wait, to, he did Terminator two. He did Terminator two. Music mixer uncredited. Oh, he was uncredited for Terminator 2. It's probably because it's just based off of his score from the first one. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I like the music. And it's actually regarded as, like, amongst the movie critic circle, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, it's really fitting because you have this 80s synth wave type of music sound and it's you know it's like the music of the future if you will you've got freaking machines coming after you and so everything is just machine type of music and i might be even stealing some of the thunder from from james cameron when he was talking about this on like the 10th year anniversary of terminator 2 or whatever um yeah it was just uh i thought it was like really well done and there was you know, songs during the chase where it was like panic and yeah. All right. So let's, let's talk about the, the chase. What are your overall thoughts on the Terminator chasing and hunting Sarah and Kyle Reese? I didn't mind it. I thought the Terminator got places fast in some cases and got places really slow in some, I don't know how he beat a cop to the bar. No idea. Like, I don't know how he beat Motorola, but he did um and then like it, it took him forever to get from the cabin to the motel oh it was like i don't know how far away big bear is from la but i'm assuming it's pretty far away so but it that... didn't take him that long to get to big bear i don't know I don't, big bear I'm, to I'm la like... is an hour and 50 minutes okay well two hours so the now. love scene the love scene was like 13 seconds there, Cal. Oh, it was the 80s. That that was actually pretty short for an 80s movie. So James Cameron was going for more of a dramatic effect on that one. Did you think that it was feasible for the Terminator to even find them? Like, how do you find someone in L.A.? Well, she gave him the fucking address. She gave him the phone number. All he did was look in the phone book and then look at public records. Yeah. You know what? If the Terminator came back now, it'd be really quick. They'd be on the Internet. 
You'd have a little Apple tag, you'd be fucked. It's it's so interesting though. Like, why didn't Reese just flat out tell her, you know, or maybe he did. He did say that, you know, they're they're what I want to know is how the Terminator guilted just like the mom. Like, how did the Terminator because every mom has a different like guilt trip voice or whatever, right? Like they all have their own move. At least in my experience. I have no idea how dude like Oh, I'm your mother. Just like he doesn't know what mothers are. He's a robot. He's a cybernetic organism, mm. metal endoskeleton covered by living tissue. <laughs> Not much then. He had to take an exacto knife to make his eye work. Yeah, it's self-sustaining. No, it wasn't. He smelled like a corpse. He was dying. He had flies all over him. That's another incongruency. How is this flesh dying? But in Terminator Two. It just healed. It was cool. They they used some pliers and put some neosporin on that motherfucker, and he was fine. Well, I mean, he didn't suture his eye up. He just stabbed his eye out and then <laughs> let it sit in the sink. So I don't know if he even drained the water. So that could be one of the reasons as to why it's that's the case. So yeah, because eyeball goo is always smelly. Yeah, I don't know. But, How did you uh, feel about the chase? Was this like your ultimate chase? Like, dude, I thought it was so cool because number one, the shootout at the bar was awesome. So awesome. You get to see uh, a variety of guns, but Reese made to me as a seven year old child, um, Reese made shotguns so cool. Like, I wanted to have a shotgun just after that because when you can mow down a Terminator, then that's pretty badass. Reese was a terrible influence on children. He showed you how to saw off a shotgun and tie it to your arm so it would hang in your fucking, in your, in your, uh, your, your, your trench coat. And he showed you the basic household ingredients to make pipe bombs. Which I was always trying to put that together as to like. So so were, so were some young kids in Colorado when I was in high school. Yeah, but anyways, so I thought that was really cool in the sense that like, okay, so yeah, he is crafty and, you know, he only has so many resources he wasn't crafty. That's how Marty McFly found his dad. What are you or how he found the about? doc. He went to the phone book and back to the future. Crafty Everybody went sense. to the phone book. Dude, it was I'm the not phone talking book. about a phone book. Get off the phone book. It's not it, that has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about that. He is crafting a shotgun in broad oh, daylight to crafting. make sure that he can take out the Terminator and or just protect the person that he's meant to go back and protect. Do you think that this movie was an influence for all futuristic games where you craft weapons like Fallout? I don't know. I never see Mark in my adulthood. I also haven't played games like Fallout. So just like my Fallout came out prior to your adulthood, Daniel. I have been an adult for what twenty seven years. I don't know, but yeah, um, no. But in terms of like weapons. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I've never played the game, but I, I just thought it was really cool in terms of like, okay, so this guy plans out his defense 
he has to find Sarah Connor. Um, when he does find her, she thinks he's a fucking creep and he's the one that's killed everyone. And so he knows to, all right, I got to walk past this bar and then sneak in somehow to not freak her out. So hang on. He was a creep. He's been staring at a picture of her for way too long. Yeah. He's absolutely a creep. But also, also one other thing that, that, that led up to this scene in the bar that made no sense to me. How the fuck is nine one one busy? She didn't call nine one one. She called the like emergency the... number. Did she call the emergency number? I thought yeah. she was. Oh, it okay. says LAPD emergency line. Sorry, all lines are busy. Please call back. Mm-hmm. No I, wonder I there assumed... were so many fucking murders in the Hollywood Hills no, in yeah, the seventies no and eighties. No one gave a shit for the L. Like I said, LAPD did not look good in this movie. No. <laughs> so, um, but one of the things that like I just thought was really cool is when you know, if you didn't really know who was the good guy, who was the bad guy, because um, and and like Terminator Two, you kind of know who the good guy and the bad guy is. In this one, it's not a hundred percent certain as to who's good, who's bad. But you're pretty sure that Arnold is pretty fucking menacing and he's the one that fucking offs people. Well, there's a so, line. There's a line that creates a line of demarcation. It's come with me if you want to live. Yeah. But I'm saying like before, like those two characters are like she thinks Reese is the stalker and the killer. She has no idea about Arnold. And then. You see this little scene right up here. That's when Sarah Connor sees Arnold point blank and just ready to unload with his 45 laser sighting, whatever. I can't remember the name. Was, of the this, was this before or after he shot he, um, Slider and her celery and peanut butter eating roommate with the same gun? That was after. Okay. Yeah. Such a cool gun. And apparently that gun like did not really exist because um, they had to use like some type of battery rig for it to work because the laser sighting needed to be powered from an external source. And so it was like rigged up in Arnold's jacket. But mm-hmm. that was kind of disappointing. I- if I was Sarah Connor, I wouldn't feel very safe or out of the woods yet. Because he was very rapery in the car, holding her down and yelling directions at her. Like, homeboy, that is not how it's going to happen for you, dude. Turns out it is. But that made no sense to me. So like, it, it so, was totally creepy. Stay there and don't move. There's a there's a killer after you. You should trust me. I've been staring at you oddly across the bar all night. That's how you build trust with people staring at them across the bar. Yeah, I mean, that's a shitty situation. He's from the fucking future, and he has to go back and protect her. And there's a Terminator after him. What, what, I mean, what do you want him to... You want him to, like, take her out to dinner and just be like, hey, let me tell you what's going on. You know, so to go back... There's to no time point, for tacos, Dan. People to go are going to die. To go back to your point in regards to um, when you were talking about, like, how creepy he is. Yeah, it is fucking creepy. It's really weird. And the weird thing about it is, and they make fun of this on the TV show Glow, 
Um, if you've ever seen it on Netflix, it's about women's wrestling. Um, but he's enabled because John Connor gives him the photo. So once again, the whole Terminator paradox, it's like, it's a weird thing. Like I have to send my dad back to make sure that I live and I need him to go back and bone my mom. And this is just the the way that I have to do it. Here's a Polaroid. Uh, Here you go, kid. Uh, Whatever. Do whatever. Hopefully, you know, you fall in love with her. And then when I send you back, that this sets things rolling. It's weird. It's weird. Here's the cleanest woman you will ever see in your adult life. You should, you should look, you you know, like clean in that they just for the future in this movie, it was like, let's get you a little greasy and then just pump in as much fog as we possibly can because fog equals future. There wasn't that much fog in the scene where they burn the Polaroid. It's, it was like a, a bar in the 80s full it's of smoke. smoke because the whole fucking bunker was on fire it's not fog it's not like it's 60 degrees out and all of a sudden the precipitation started dan how much <laughs> of the bunker can be on fire this was pre the terminator showing up this is just them knocking on the door and coming on in it's not the great springfield tire fire dan they had it's- fires going inside the bunker it was super fun. It was it was like all of the fog machines. It's like they spent like 0.4 million of their 6.4 million dollar budget on fog juice for this movie. I don't know. I guess it, you're you're picking up on things that are just minimal to the story. So I don't know. That's why I I'm like I, the cinematography really killed me through almost this entire movie. So what, what's like, uh, give me like an example of, of what the framing was terrible. Like anytime they tried to show anything that was like an actual, anything, the end was the best shot scenes when she's coming up to the gas station, when she's driving, not when she's driving away, that was really kind of like they, 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 they mailed that in. Um, but like the, the, the shot shot at the end was probably the best cinematography of the movie. Um, and I don't know if they had to put that in in reshoots or shoot it later or what, but it was definitely different than they shot the rest of the movie. Okay. All right. Um, so that's a good one. What are some other bad ones? They never really, they, they, I don't know. I felt like the panning and the moving and all that was not, was not really what I was that, that good. And then the, the, the going through the factory they never really centered anybody they put them on one side or the other side of the frame it was definitely there's just some oddities to me okay all right i'll have to go back and take a look at the uh, the factory scene because i never really i never really thought about it because throughout the entire movie there was like this degree of frantic action that i guess i just never really thought about you know um, actors or um, characters being centered on the screen or anything like that. So I thought maybe that might come from watching too many movies on my part, maybe too much Kubrick, maybe Kubrick was big in those days and he would center everything. And just, yeah. I like no, seeing I, where things are in the, in the frame. It's one of the, th- one of the weird things that I, watch I, co- I completely get it, but I would think that Cameron's not so inept that maybe there was a, but a it's tour. his third movie. He actually has an excuse for this bad James Cameron movie. Whereas 
at the end of this year when Avatar 2 comes out. There are no excuses. I really think that he just, it, it is like a frantic pace throughout the movie. That it's just like, there's never really, besides the, the hotel, there's, they're always moving. There's no real moments of like, okay, we got, we got a break. I did do some reading on this movie when I was looking at the budget and just kind of the, the way it was shot. And, and Cameron did refer to it as like guerrilla filmmaking, meaning he didn't have the budget to pay for some of the locations he wanted. So he would just show up and run away. And yeah. um, that's that you could tell some of the frantic scenes that are shot. So, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, I just thought he, you could have uh, or he could have just been like, that was all by design. But yeah, I guess if it, if it, he had a, uh, he was afraid of getting arrested by it, then yeah, that kind of makes sense. I think like that, though, going back to the chase of everything, you know, Kyle and Sarah are just like constantly going out and, and they can't catch a break. You know, they, they get arrested um, then they have to run from the police station because Arnold's in all his glory says, I'll be back and plows through the fucking front door and just executes like almost everyone at the police station. So they're always on the run. And I kind of like that in the movie is that, you know, with like I said, with the exception of the hotel, but even then they are still literally under the gun and he like charges into the room and they narrowly escape and uh and drive off but it, the terminator is always right there and it's not like michael myers because he goes in there fucking strapped ready to roll and unloads bullets on them did you notice that they couldn't get arnold to not blink with the gunshots like you'd think if it's a terminator the machine isn't gonna blink forcibly on gunshots I, he'd actually train to load, I mean, reload, fire the weapon. Well, he was in the army. And, I don't know. I don't know. Was he? Sure. Yeah. No. He Arnold was a tank driver in the in the in the army. That's where he well, first started training. But he learned he, some more Arnold. He did extensive firearm training for that and tried not to blink. So I mean, what can you do when you're firing a automatic weapon? So I don't know. Like, I get it. I, I totally get it. But yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot of inconsistencies and it gets worse. Those inconsistencies get worse as the movies go on. But this wasn't a time when they could CGI in the bullets like they should do on every movie now, especially yeah, after true. Rust. Yeah, for uh, for a safety factor, for sure. And I, a lot of movies now are, are more like that. Like, um, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, like the fan made John Wick uh, recreations they're really fucking good and, and they're, they're just not plastic firing. guns yeah yeah they're not firing anything it's all cgi after the fact um that's all it's cool. can i ask you another toy question that you may hate me for before you go on mark um just for the record i did not have many toys when i was younger but go ahead did you have the the because you were such a terminator fan the water guns that looked like actual guns no I figured yeah. with your Terminator love, maybe somebody got you some fake straps. I did have like some of the cap guns that um, that looked semi-real. Like I had like a little black mini Uzi, which was really cool. But um, yeah, I I was very creative when I was younger. 
And so I would like craft weapons out of like newspaper and uh, Christmas gift wrap, stuff like that. Like, yeah. So did you did you do a lot of terminating as a child? Um, no, I actually did more killing aliens and predators when I was young for the shotgun aspect of it. I would use Christmas wrap um, like tubes and I would, I, I had the sounds down and everything like Mark, I, I could blow your mind if I went over my childhood gun sounds that I would recreate to make sure that they were you're almost like the, as accurate as the movies. You're like the Michael Winslow of childhood <laughs> yes. gun noises. Exactly. It's so funny too, because like, um, actually I was doing this uh, tonight with my, with my kids. Like we were playing with some of their toys. And by the way, my kids have way more toys than I ever did. So if they ever see this, when they get older, I, you guys, I feel so bad lucky. for how much you've reminded them of that over the years. <laughs> um but we were we were playing with like their little um uh, you know army corp guys and all that stuff and they have like the little uh, gun noises and so i would make my little gun noises like machine guns and shotguns and everything and there's like a small part of me a very very small part of me it's like hey buddy you got to work on your gun sounds they got to sound more realistic like come on <laughs> And um, it's fun. It's 100% true. So like, I didn't do that tonight per se, but um, I used to do that with my oldest when he was younger because he would have these piss poor gun noises. And I would just be like, come on, man, at your age, I was going full auto right now. But um, my youngest he's i i restrain myself from, from saying he's that just at pew pew age dan he's just at pew pew i had to restrain myself from correcting him and just be like quit making that noise do it this way <laughs> you stop making those shitty gun noises you're gonna embarrass me in front of your toys don't make me go get the, the christmas wrapper oh my god yeah and so it, it's funny though but uh yeah, yeah, I, I could be the Michael Winslow of uh, gun noises, but um, yeah. Uh, I overall, think that, I think that our our wide listening audience would be very disappointed if you did not give some level of demonstration. Most, maybe, most, most, uh, most appreciative if it included hand gestures of some sort I, for those watching on YouTube. It's like it automatically goes into a hand gesture, especially if I'm doing a shotgun. But I will save that for uh, another episode. We need to be right. We need to be rated E for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. We I, I totally do not um, like our podcast is not really good for kids. I think we we tried to go clean or inadvertently go clean for one episode and then we just started dropping s-bombs and f-bombs it's probably good for our kids like my son apparently calms down when my wife puts it on in in the car but he also like can't talk so there'll be a point where he starts swearing that i tell her to stop putting this on my oldest uh when i edit these podcasts my oldest uh laughs whenever i say shit or fuck and i'm just like just remember buddy can't say this at school (laughs) But he's like such a good kid. I know he's not going to. My youngest, on the other hand, I think he's going to say it whenever he wants. So I don't know. Bad parenting 101, I guess. But um, 
so let me wrap up my my thoughts on the chase and the hunting of sarah and kyle but uh i thought that end scene where he's throwing the plastique at him and I, I just thought it was so cool because like oh my god one of these could just take him out and it just doesn't like he just moves out of the way at the last second and then he shoots kyle and then sarah crashes the truck and it's like they are fucked but then how did none of the shrapnel from the pipe bombs or the bullets hit the fucking tires on the car Oh man, I I don't know how that would have been shrapnel. That was like a a hard metal pipe, so I don't know if like filled with plastic explosives. Yeah, yeah, but it would be the shrapnel from the metal pipe, and so I yeah, thought. But the shrapnel a... from the metal pipe could easily penetrate a tire. No, it could. I just don't think that the shrapnel would have happened because it was such a heavy duty pipe. So. I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. But um, so, yeah, like as the Terminator uh, is ready to just plow into them or no, 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 no. I'm sorry. He gets run over and then they all uh, get run over. But um, when he gets run over by the truck and then he says that line, get out. And then he just steals their truck and just lines right right towards them i was like holy shit this is never gonna end and they get to the factory um after they blow them up and there's like oh my god more of a chase i was all about it i i love the fact that there was really just like non-stop just non-stop pressure from the terminator and i was bummed when reese died um i thought like man that's some pretty piss poor protecting because you probably should have stayed alive to protect her. Um, But hey, but then Sarah becomes a badass and she executes the term. It it was all about her getting injured, right? You got to go back to that. Now I'm going to rewind because there was shrapnel in Sarah after the pipe bomb blew up next to the truck and did the flippy spinnies in the air. And not, not after the truck that was after, um, Reese after the Terminator, the Terminator blew up, right? Yeah. So we're we're to assume that it's part of the Terminator that's that's in her abdomen. That it was her leg, and I thought it was from the Terminator. Okay, so it's the second second time she was penetrated by the future that day. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you're right, a hundred percent. In my notes, I had two things from the future inside of her, so I thought that. I thought that that joke was better than what I had written down. Uh, they're all good. I mean, let them fly. I'm, I'm 100% <clears throat> fine with it. But yeah, this is this is the part of the movie where for me in the chase, it really got Michael Myersy. Like, look, I'm walking through the fire. Look, I'm sitting up after you blew me up. Look, I'm chasing you. And this is the part of the chase that pissed me off the most. There is no chance that Terminator doesn't know what kind of machine that is. He has encyclopedic knowledge of everything. He has the internet in his little fucking chippy head. Dude, yeah. and, and how are you going to reach for here? You got the metal hand, dude. Just crush a skull. So I'm so much skull crushing at the beginning of this movie with Johnny five Ed 209 Terminator, but he couldn't figure that out for Sarah. 
So I'm glad that you brought that up because Terminators, when they talk about how they're the most efficient killing machines, not really efficient killing machines not at, at all. all. So one of the things is like, and this really gets into the later movies of, of like, they do not go for the, the one shot kill. They decide to throw someone across the room or, or push them or throw them really hard somewhere. And it just doesn't, I don't get it, man. How does in all of that machinery and stuff, like there's not just like a little thing that could fire out of their wrist or something. Like I know you didn't have a lot of toys growing up, but there were a ton of toys that did that in like the fifties shit that came out of stuff like a rocket firing Boba Fett, like nothing, not even like a little boop finger, nothing, anything just, nope, this is just a machine. We can make no, it has to use other weapons, not these. I mean, they fixed that in the other Terminators. No, they didn't. They couldn't, the T-1000 couldn't make any projectiles. It made stabbing weapons. and You could only and make blunt things and stabbing weapons, yeah. And then the TX, they had that as well, too. And the Terminator Dark Fate, that Terminator also had weapons built in as well. So, I mean, yeah, they did. But, um... Yeah, so, I mean, in the first one, I think, like, it, it's just more realistic that they don't have that shit, right? Like, otherwise, it's going to be like, all right, game over, like, right off the bat. You know, you're fucked. You know, like, a ejecto cedo cuz, or, or, you know, like, Rocket Arm gets, you know, Sarah Connor fisted right there in Tech Noir. Ooh, two penetration jokes in one episode. I like yeah. it. <clears throat> they but, um, yeah, well, yeah, Tech Noir. Yeah. So what would... Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. What would you have done if the ter- like legit, legit, not not like shitting on the movie? What would you have done if the Terminator was chasing you? I don't know how. In living in 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 the Los Angeles area, right? Um, there are at least in the California area, in the LA area, there's there are multiple army bases. Camp Pendleton in Carlsbad. Like, come on. They're just going to let you on an army base? No, but you drive to the army base. Let them take you. Hey, I'm I'm wanted. Take me inside the army base, please. And let the fucking Terminator try and, try and attack the army base. I guess. Yeah, I mean. So you would just, you would run. You wouldn't try to make like a, a last stand or like a, a trap to like, oh, we need to get this fucker. Like, a I'm not truck qualified to have a last stand. Neither in this movie is Sarah Connor. But I would rather set up a trap somehow. I you would rather the... make a stand. Mm. That were, my stand would have been behind the uh, the the brave uh, uh, men and women of the uh, of of Camp Pendleton Marine Corps base. Let's go. I Ooh, think rah. you know. If and this is assuming, so like just assuming that you could get into a an army base, uh, this would be my my movie logic of like I would just assume that I could get to a construction site where fresh concrete is being poured. That's how I would, you know, end up trying to get the Terminator into concrete and just fucking pouring well, concrete on them. We've already saw how to kill him in Terminator Two. You go to a smelting plant. You go to Pittsburgh. That's where you yeah. go. Or it, well, I mean, they were still in they were still in L.A., but with um, yeah, 
but that's what I would do. I would, I would make my stand. Or if I were to just flat out run from him, there's no way that they can fucking find you if you're just on a, a cross-country road trip. No fucking way. Too many towns, too many different places for a Terminator to go to. There's no possible way that they would be able to find you. I don't disagree, but you know, when you stop for uh, for deflowering of your projector, that that's what happens when you tell mom where you're at, and then you take some time and have some really weird handholdy sex. Then the Terminator gets you. Assuming that you can hold off, you know, an ideal place to go would be Disney. Because no way Terminator's getting into Disney. Those workers will tackle him and <laughs> just flat out not let him pass those Mickey Mouse gates. See, but the things that you don't know is he'll be able to turn all the other audio animatronics against you and you'll end up getting killed by Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> Ah, oh, that would be the worst. That's that was always my worst nightmare, getting killed by Abe Lincoln. Oh, or scoring seven years ago, you're dead. Oh, all right. So let's let's wrap this up. So final impressions about the Terminator, Mark. I was disappointed at all of the hype behind it because I don't think it holds up nearly as well as Terminator Two, which I'm sure we'll talk about on a later podcast because that's what we do. So. I think, you know, my my final impressions is it's still a solid movie. For all the things that you didn't like about it, that's what I liked about that movie is the music, the pacing. Um, I liked it all. Uh, do I think it's the best movie out of all the Terminators? No. Um, I prefer, you know, a little bit of humor and a lot more action. Um, if I would... If I was more of like a horror thriller type of fan then yeah i would probably pick this movie over all of them but i would still say it's solid do i think that it deserves a 100 percent on rotten tomatoes probably not um i think that's just a little bit of nostalgia and uh ass kissing for the genre bending of 1984 but yeah i will stand by it i'm a turn terminator fan and uh i'll watch all of them every single one of them including the ones that came after. So I went and saw Dark Fate in the theaters. I am a huge Terminator fan, though some of the uh, the higher numbered Terminators were a little shoddy. I loved Dark Fate. I'm all in on the Sarah Connor like character in general. I just expected more from this movie that it didn't give me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well. You know what, Mark, because I picked this one out and you get a chance to pick another movie for us. So we'll save that for next episode. But until next time, everyone, thank you very much for listening. I'm Dan. That's Mark. Like and subscribe. Uh, uh, vote on our Twitter poll if it's still up so I can beat Dan all day um, at, at whatever we have you deciding on. Uh, maybe it'll be if you liked or disliked Terminator after you rewatched it. Yes, I mean after. Prove you rewatched it too, by the way. Pictures of the end credit scene would be great. Because there's a lot of pictures in the end credit scene. Which I was a fan of because they tied it together well. 
But that's it for us right now. We will see you next time. We can do this all day, I guess. Or all yes. night. You know There's what? a lot after of all, bad 80s movies for us to watch. After all these episodes, I still can't come up with a good ending. But we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. everybody. There you go.